Kia ora eti Welcome back to Kapas and Kōrero. You are listening to your host, Astiana Trolland. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm so incredibly excited to have you here. Let's get crazy. So, kia ora, kia ora. Kia ora! Mm. Yes. <laughs> so today I am joined by my beautiful friend Bree, and we where did we meet? I can't we, even. Mate, oh, I remember the day. Uh, I don't remember the actual date, but Bridge Street Collective in Nelson, um, at Fakatu Nelson, and you were. I think like in the kitchen or something, you were putting out some of the kai that you had left over for, from some meeting. And then I just kind of said hi. And then we had a bit of a cordero. And I was like, this is an awesome human. Then found out you weren't actually someone who's going to be hot desking or working at Bridge Street. So we were like quickly like, yes, all sisters, great. Shared number, shared details. And, and away we went. But, okay. So as simple as that, it yep. was literally a synchronicity, right? I, I had hired that space for a work meeting off the whim and, and yeah, ended up bumping into you and then becoming besties. Yeah. So, <laughs> in a matter of moments, in a matter of moments. How we do it, you know, no wasting time. <laughs> hey, that's so absolutely true. Now, what I would love to do to begin with, Bree, is hear a little bit about your mahi and what you're so incredibly passionate about what you know light your fire oh there's so much there right i'm like oh shit how much time we got um i'll start with like my mahi in the income sense because when people go like what do you do for a living i'm like okay well there's the income element and then there's what else i give my energy to and like you see what lights my fire like the work that i do lights my fire and i'm a human so i'm multi-complex and quite complicated and there's a lot that i desire and love in life so the mahi that i do is i work with two organizations one called business lab and we're an engagement consultancy firm so we work with organizations to transform the way that they work with their communities that they serve so that can be council central government for purpose um and life for profits anyone who's really ready to radically change how they actually listen to the communities and have them involved in in projects and creating sustainable change and i love it so i'm an operations manager there but the beauty of working for a small company is you're not just your role, right? Like it's not just, I'm an ops manager and I focus on this. No, I get to do delivery and work with mentors and I get to coach someone in leadership coaching. And then I get to just see how we can build the business sustainably and be in strategic mode and like refine our systems and like connect the team and be like mindset all the time. And it's just so beautiful. And I started there almost a couple of years ago, just because I was studying to become a coach. And I was like, oh, I need something else on my plate because I like to have a, a few things going on to really make me focus. And I started as a virtual assistant and within a few months became permanent ops manager. And I was like, this is, the team is phenomenal. And I moved to Nelson because I was like, yo, 
these people are amazing like why not move from the north island to the south island to be with them and that's just like one company and then i have another company that i work with that's marketing like seo so search engine optimization which i knew nothing about um, but my role there is to really support the founder to actually grow the business where they want and to be the person to like deliver on the business plan so we go this is where we want to move and i'm making sure that we actually get there while he sets the vision and gets to be that creativity and i get to help be the funnel where we've got this epic team making sure we don't get distracted by all the cool ideas we go love that we're just gonna park it for a moment and i kind of feel like a bit of a bulldog a little bit i'm like, like real rough like this huge barrier but <laughs> we get to be focused and oh this team is also like small it's amazing and the energy and the conversations we get to have i think this is what i love about where i work in both places because we actually really care about holder we ensure that like if people need time off that is prioritized we're honest about where we are there's the vulnerability and i just couldn't imagine not having that in places i work isn't yeah. it incredible to know that the other two main places and spaces that you spend your working time and to feel so incredibly passionate and well looked after in those spaces like makes such a huge difference to the way you work in your role or in your position in an organization eh? oh yeah it's i definitely have my own limiting beliefs about myself and my strengths and so when you get to have people who hold the space and go like i can see more from you and i know who you really are like and they and they push me to use my voice and to help and to really lean into like where i feel fulfilled which is systems and people um and i just be in my flow state i'm like wow okay because i I've worked in other places and they're like, you need to fit into our system. Or I see what you're trying to do, but we don't have space for that. And mm-hmm. and I, it can feel really like, you know, just hide away and like, cool, don't worry about it. Like I won't try anymore. Mm. And that's almost like restrictive to the individual, right? I, I believe that as individuals, we always bring in, you know, our own sense of brilliance and having, having that sense of malleability to actually be able to, do things the way that you know you can do them well I think makes a big difference and and speaking a little bit about company culture and and what would we say like that that real sense of community in the workplace how does that compare to other places that you have been in like what are some other common feelings that that restrictiveness Mm. and the way that it showed up for you previous to now yes oh man that's a good question so I've worked for a lot of different small businesses and I've worked for larger public service organizations and all of them have had amazing visions and do have like a really good essence of existing. So first I'm like, yes, exciting, but they're, they're quite, what I've found in previous experiences is that if people can be, whether it's just my perception of it and because I was younger, like late teens and early mm-hmm. 20s, I felt like I really had to be everything that they thought they needed and I didn't know how to use my voice and bring my real extra value. I'd be like, yeah, I can do what you need and we can have good relationships, but didn't always feel like there was that space for me to be like, hey, I'm actually seeing something. Can I have a play? Like, let me step up trust me in this so i feel like the trust wasn't always there because people we have attachments so i always yeah. felt like the managers i've had or the experience i've had with other 
like owners of businesses is this attachment to the vision that they have and attachment to the way things happen and occur thus I need to fit to that instead of being able to be like yo I think we could adapt that and so I always kind of probably struggled and went all right well I've learned lots and I've loved working with them on like a personal level uh, but I feel like I don't you truly get to contribute to the growth and the strength that they trust my voice um, in that way and so the last place I worked and I ended up leaving because I left my relationship and I, I left all that life behind I was just like I'm not being heard and other people I don't feel are being heard and there isn't this collaborative approach and one of my core values is whakawhanaungatanga so that real connectedness and being and connecting to stories and who we are and I'm like if I'm not getting that and all you care about is the output like that's just not my vibe and that's not what I'm here for I'm here for the people and that we uh yeah yeah so <laughs> and that's what I believe and so I got so negative and when I realized and it took me months to realize how negative I got mm. and I was like I woke up and I was like whoa that's a I don't why am I thinking about people like this like mm. I think was toxic to everyone else because I we were in this kind of environment that we all wanted to contribute in a way and make real change in the disability space but didn't really have the tools to do it in a way that was enhancing like really mana enhancing so yeah I got toxic and I was like nah actually and then my boss was like yeah I noticed that and I was like you didn't at all ever check on me <laughs> yeah I really like maybe he had I have no idea but yeah I never felt like there was this hey yo what's happening because mm -hmm. your energy is really off mm. and like now like I get these people going, Brie, you're feeling like, what's happening? This energy you're bringing is different. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah, and I think even having the ability to ask those questions without fear of what, what that's going to bring up as well, eh? like I think in regards to health and safety, it's like you've got to be careful what you ask because, you know, you never know what the turmoil may be that you may upturn. And I think like in, in a company or a workplace where people are pretty close-knit, you know when someone comes into the office, into your environment, that's a little off, whether it's from an argument at home, whether it's like, you know, long standing and it's kind of growing as the weeks go on and on, but you can feel that, right? And what's interesting is that most of the work I do is virtual. Yeah. So yeah. being able to sense it through the digital realm is also interesting because a lot of people have a mindset. They're like, I just can't connect and get to the energy of people. I'm like, it's not always the same you have to start asking different questions and being conscious but there's still something there like you can still see it mm. you know and I feel like we get in our own way with holding this belief that you only truly get to connect when it's in person oh <laughs> totally and do you know what I kind of broke my own um perception of that by joining an online mystery school and it was so, it was so amazing. I'm sure I've told you about this. It was incredible. And what I realized, it was a three-month month journey. And that was back in 2000 and end of 2000, start of 2001. And my mm -hmm. first online course where, like, we met every week. You know what I'm saying? And, and it gave me this deeper understanding to how deeply we as human beings relate to energy it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be in the physical you know mm. and 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 then starting to look at the science behind that and how we actually can connect through that point I think man makes a huge huge difference to the way you communicate with people whether it's through a screen or in person yeah and I get really excited because I think about your own 
journey and how you're working with like leaders and really connecting them to that feminine energy and being in connection with body when i talk about like the my culture at work like what are you seeing with the people that you're working with and what do you want to see in future of the work mm. like, so, yeah. oh my gosh isn't there just there's just so much in that space like oh for me it starts with <laughs> For me, it starts with individual awareness in, in body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I recently... Right. Oh, can you hear me? There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to backtrack on that and I'm going to restart my sentence. <laughs> That's the thing with energy. When you get real excited, sometimes the Wi-Fi cuts out. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. That's it. It explains everything. <laughs> oh, so I recently changed my Instagram um, tagline to body-based business coach because for me, wellness is great. Everyone has this relation to what wellness is and we all have different perceptions on it. But at the end of the day, whether I'm working with leaders or managers of organisations or rangatahi out in the nahiri, what we're really doing is coming home to the body's wisdom listening to the intuition and starting to learn what signals and signs it is giving us every single step of the way oh my gosh <laughs> and okay i brought this to share with you so i'm currently reading this book called a blessing not a curse and it states a mother daughter guide to the transition from child to woman obviously I don't have children but really interested in what it's got in here and I'm going to dive straight into the patriarchal bullshit that we're unraveling. <laughs> we're unraveling at this moment in time because this book has absolutely fucking blown my eyes wide open. So, in terms of, um, yeah, I suppose what I want to see is I want to see people in tune with what they really want. Yeah. And, and making decisions based on feel good factors rather than fear. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and before I read some of this, I want to come back to what you said before, actually, in regards to loving working with people. You know, regardless of the, the work you do in this world, it is often around people. It is often around planet. Like, regardless if you're an accountant, you still have connection with yeah. your customers, you know? Mm. And, and I think after being in business for seven years and me always having this deep um I want to say relish it's like I love being with people and so do you because I feel it when I'm around you and realizing that's what business is right it's yeah. the connection we have with those people relative to us whether it's that customer journey or whether it's people within that same organization mm. and you guys do that beautifully I've spent some time with Brie on a awesome webinar um and yeah I think those senses of connection through this virtual reality have seriously broadened since COVID what are your thoughts around that bro it almost well the first thing that comes to my mind is like it almost had to 
I feel like when we start feeling a loss in something, then we'll then get creative on how we can cultivate it. Right. So if we didn't have something in person and there's almost like this, this desperation calling, I don't think desperation is necessarily a bad thing. It's just telling us something that we're desiring. And so it's like, right, well, how do we then let go of what isn't possible? And I think the letting go part is so important because you've got to acknowledge what it is to then have spaciousness and this new nothingness to then go, okay, well, now what can we create? And that can be done virtually. And I love actually, even from what we've already talked about this morning, the the point that you made before about you becoming stagnant or stale in that position that you weren't comfortable with like you can still apply what you're saying now to that right yeah energy factor everything's applicable you know it's just like a funny cycle of things isn't it <laughs> it's just like yep shut up here and here and yeah absolutely so I've got a paragraph to read you and I'm so interested to see what you say afterwards so before I go into this I would love to um, take a breath together in honor of Jane Bennett who has written this beautiful book so together let's all take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth Oh, that feels juicy. I love, I love the breath. Yeah, it's so beautiful, isn't it? It's like that sense of reset. I have actually like uh, an alarm, which sounds counterintuitive, but I have an alarm three times a day for me to box breathe because the day could be so full and I'm like, yeah. And now when it goes off, my teens and friends know and they're like, cool, box breathing time. And so we'll do it together. Yes. How's that for culture? It's so beautiful because breathing's one of the only ways to bring yourself into parasympathetic nervous system, right? Mm. Like that easy, free thing that we can do in this body right now. We love the free things. (laughs) Actually, we do love the free things. Paragraph, I'm ready. You're ready? Yeah. Okay, so I'm only on chapter two. And this is called a cross-cultural curse. In ancient Persia, menstruation was considered acceptable only when it lasted no more than four days. During this time, women were isolated in special rooms. After four days, if a woman continued to bleed, she received 100 lashes and was returned to isolation for another five days. If she continued to menstruate after this time, she received a further 400 lashes as it was believed that she was possessed by a bad spirit and a purification in the form of whipping was thought to be the cure. I want want to cry for all women. Like, oh. Oh my God. (sighs) It's so interesting because even though we don't, like what comes up for me is the sense of even though we don't necessarily in our reality like being in New Zealand receive lashings in that way there are other ways we experience a lashing for for menstruating mm. and and in my mind I think about I've actually just at the end um and 
I'm like, I can nothing change for me. You know, I look at you and I love when you are creating the spaciousness and really respecting where you're at and your cycle. And and I'm like, well, I can't because I have all these things I've committed to. And it's like the society is already just I, I have the lashings just naturally because that's the way the world works and I can't mm. actually my body. So that's like kind of what comes up to me when I listen to that and it breaks my heart. And yeah, I've, oh man, I'm so curious to hear about what, if that's only one part of the book, I'm really, yeah, man, this must be a journey. This book must be such a journey so far. Honestly, when I read that, I was pretty much like you, I was like so upset and so fucking angry. Like, yeah, I, First of all, I feel really grateful to be in this time and space right now to be able to do that freely, to, to, to menstruate freely. And I, I'm saying from my personal space. Um, but coming back, you asked what I want. And I want women to be able to schedule their cycle with their life. Yes, with their work, but more so with what they actually want to be doing. And that includes saying no to stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he said no. Who said yeah. no? Um, and when I when I read that, the first thing that that came to mind is every month we menstruate, right? And now, part you know this this is a long, long time ago. This is eons ago. And one other point that comes up for me is like the the body knows, right? And there's a reason that we get that discomfort and dis-ease around menstruation. It's not just because of the, the physiological effects of, you know, the inside of our body gently shedding itself for the next cycle. It's also to do with what has been associated with this time in the past. And so I feel like now is our time as women of this world to really be sharing the magic that can be made here. And, and, I, I think, um, for me, this is this is a topic that I love so much, but I'm still very tentative about the way that I share it. And this paragraph, when I read it, and I knew that we were catching up today, I was like, I'm going to read this to you because I feel like it's going to be the the opening space of what really wants to come, th- what really wants to come through. Um, the sense of whipping, acknowledging that that would be every month. If we bleed every month, if we bleed every month, that means that it would be every single month. Yeah, and so taking into account how different the world is now and the, you know, science that we have to show us that, you know, it's not evil spirits and actually we can flow with our cycle rather than against it, shows to me that it's more important now than ever before to be attuning to this natural cycle, to liberate ourselves and lighten the load. Mm. How do you see that being in existence? Mm. Like what would that look like and feel like? It would look like being in mainstream, Mm. I believe having cycle mapping something simple and spoken about in school yeah we do sex education but we don't really speak about what happens in menstruation 
Um, for me, I'm working on a project at the moment. Um, yeah, the, I'm going to say a period project <laughs> around working with um, yum, yeah, yum, young kohini, so young women of this world um, around the age of year 9 and 10, so 12, 13 and 14. Oh my yeah. and bringing this to you know the the younger generation which are essentially going to pave the way forward for this new paradigm mm. um i do also work with a lot of business owners and those who are working in management roles around their health which really comes back to the cycle um people that are wanting to conceive um, those who are wanting to naturally not conceive also utilizing this to our advantage because it's something that we already have and just showing people how easy it can be yeah that's so powerful and, and something that's just come into my mind as well is like really recognizing people who don't identify as women and have periods and mm. have their cycle and actually what that means as well which I don't know and I don't live that experience but that would be such another journey mm. to and I'm just thinking about like the essence of what and like what you said right earlier on around being in connection with body like this just comes back to that and having a respect yeah. for the different ways that people experience their body and how their body works and imagine a world that really holds space for that mm-hmm. really, I love really- that Brie thank you so much for bringing this up yeah I would love to explore that more I really would because regardless of gender we all move through cycles Mm. no and and moving away from you know necessarily the actual bleed phase and the menstruation of it as human beings we're like you said always in that cyclic nature we move (laughs) we're continuous baby we're continuous look at the way the world works like we have seasons some kind of, like some places don't really have seasons they're just hot all around but yeah <laughs> like, like, here in have... Aotearoa <laughs> yeah. three seasons in one day sometimes mm, <laughs> like, mm. we don't hate on it yeah yeah but doing what it needs to for existing mm. yeah, that's like great well we'll adjust yeah. to be you doing your thing uh-huh. I imagine people adjusted to us we're like cool I'm in my cycle I'm like in this part of a cycle right now maybe where I am without shaming me. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. There we go. So I, uh, yesterday, day before actually on Sunday, I bumped into a friend of mine in Noel Leeming and I was like, oh, hey, sorry, I haven't replied to your stuff. I've been bleeding this week, literally like that. And he said, oh, no worries. You enjoy your inner time. And I was like, yes, like this is, this is support. <laughs> Beautiful. I want to cry like, yeah, how beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Paving the way, man. So one thing that I would love to come back to, I started by asking you a few questions. Yeah. And you've shared your sense of work. Mm. And the second question was around what lights your fire? Mm. And so let's hone in there and hear what is lighting you the fuck up. <laughs> Dead inside. Uh, (laughs) All of it. (laughs) Um, So, first, I get a match and I get some kindling and I get some paper. Um, I. (laughs) God, the most annoying person having a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Little Lucifers. You you, 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 (laughs) use those. I 
man. The there's so many elements, and it's such a great question. And I go, where do I start? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure that's what I said at the beginning. I'm like, great questions. There's on so much in my brain just go. And the first thing it screams out is is connection. Connection 110%. Ever since I partook in Ryla again and the leadership team, so Rotary Youth Leadership Awards, held in Service Stream area. There's multiple different ones across Aotearoa. And just being with the participants and being present with them and their experience and everything we do is to create connection between and us to be connected in the blue team so and I was just I already know that connection is important I know it's a core value but it really left me with like I need this in every area of my life I need to be feel in connection with the mahi that I'm doing and the kaupapa that I'm part of and I need to be in connection with nature and with connection with self and with people and when I'm not in connection like I I really struggle like we both know small talk Matt like I'll make it work but actually, I met up with someone last. I met up with someone on Monday, last week, and I had met them once at a, an event for work two years ago. Bumped onto them, bumped into them on the street a month or so ago, and was like, "Yo, we should catch up." And I was like, "Oh, it's probably gonna be like a nice catch up." Well, within I don't know five minutes, it was like deep. Where are you at really in life? Like, how is this feeling for you? And and really going to a beautiful deep space I'm like I need that because time is so beautiful and when we get to be present in our time with people connected like that is what lights me up and I really I realize I struggle so much when I'm not feeling that when I'm with people I am like actually I I kind of going in a bit of a scarce, scarce mindset I actually only have so much time in my life and I want it, and I want to be honest with myself what I need in that, and that is connection. And so that lights me up because I am looking in other areas like conferences and how is connection fostered in those spaces and summits, you know, they're like, cool, network or be inspired. So we can leave inspired and we can leave with people's numbers, but how connected were we to ourselves during a conference? How connected were we with the people in the room? Like how much is that space created for people to actually be there with each other? You know, and I love this book, The Art of Gathering, because it really talks about the purpose of everything that we do. And maybe connection doesn't need to be fostered, but how can we like, just imagine being able to go like, oh, we're two humans, like let go of, the hierarchy of roles and who's in what seat and who's really making more of a difference and just like on that base level as humans how are we connecting and so that really like that's just been in my fire for so long and I block myself often around like doing something about this I mean you know that I'm partly the social experiment and I love my team there and what we do working with the rangatahi is so powerful and I love watching them be in connection and then it's hard when you just see the kind of like the connection drifting because unless someone's intentionally bringing that connection back, um, you know, it, but it was just beautiful in that moment. So everything I do, yeah, connection is what lights me up. I'm like, how can we always do it in that moment? How can we foster? Because that creates a world of change. Because all people want is to belong. Mm, and totally. connection of being seen, of being held, and of being present with that. Oh, 
I love connection too. <laughs> so what do you believe to be the top blocks for connection for oh, humans? Man. Yeah. Our mind is a big one. Our ego. Ego is huge. Like, it's like, <laughs> so aware of how we're going to be perceived or we're judging someone else. We miss the chance to just be present. You know, like, our mind's going off somewhere else. So we're not present in our bodies. We're not always asking questions. We don't always, know, always feel safe enough to ask questions. Like, there's so much unknown. You meet someone, you know, first off. Like, I was blessed with you. Like, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Bristol Collective, I mean, I had no idea what was going to happen. I mean, I felt your energy. I was like, this, is a, this, this feels like a beautiful person. So I had to trust in what I was feeling. And, but if I perceived it differently, I might not have said hi because I would have been so in my head around, is this human, how are they going to respond when I say hi? Are they actually really busy? You know, or my, my own judgment's getting in the way in that moment. So with that, that ego really and the little voice leading the way that could block me from connection and we could maybe have never have actually talked because I would have been so in my own way and I would have stopped myself from being myself because it's not that we have to be friends with everyone or be in like have connections with every human but being able to have that moment of like a being human with each other Mm -hmm. possible so for me I think it's being able to like check in with the noise and being able to let that go as much as possible and then just lead with having a bit of a laugh like you may look like a bit of a dick face you know you have no idea we have no <laughs> idea we don't know how it's all gonna unravel but like being able to just be yourself and try it out and be curious about other people what i find so interesting because i struggle with always sharing except obviously today because you ask such great questions I'm really <laughs> but I need, I need questions there are some people in my life I love and they just they just talk and they share and I'm like oh this is amazing and then I'll ask more questions but people don't always get to know me because I'm waiting for questions to be asked because I was brought up in a family of question askers so you're always prompted and when and that means that I then I know someone's going to hold space for me and it's really interesting knowing how much I don't always and I've realized it came only the last few days of like oh I'm not always in connection with others like I feel connected to them because I'm asking all the questions they're vulnerable they're sharing but I'm sometimes missing my own extra level of depth because I'm not always getting vulnerable with others because I'm waiting for them to show up in a way that feels good for me or otherwise I'm judging them if they're not asking me questions so I don't know how to just be like yo hey I just want to share this thing with you and then share vulnerably and set that space and being on ownership. Like I'm often waiting for someone else, like everything mm. they're caught. So I think in, being in connection is like this inclusivity and including yourself in a conversation. I have no idea if any of that made sense, but it's And it's open. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with what you're saying there. I think being in a similar space to you, we're, you know, we both, holding space for others. I personally find quite a lot of importance in being in coaching containers or spaces where I am being held in that sense of vulnerability. Um, however, I've never really thought about the context of not having to ask the questions. And I find in my close relationships that I'm often asking them questions. 
and in sometimes even in hope that they'll ask me questions so that was a really awesome sense of reflection for me to be like actually if i fucking want the questions answered how would i just say the answer to them out there yeah and it's i mean i have had friends because i've talked to them about it and they're like i just i don't want to interrogate you and i'm like Okay, cool. So we're both coming from very different ideas of what it means to ask questions. <laughs> question equals interest, but you think e- and questions equal interrogation. And I'm like, it's so interesting, our own beliefs around such a simple thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think you're sharing it as well. Yeah, and I think even back to relating this to the workplace, how much that could show up with the people you work with, right? Yeah. Yeah, when you're trying, when you're trying to work collectively on a vision or a strategy and everyone is like oh I thought it meant this you know (laughs) (laughs) we've got to be moving in the same direction people (laughs) oh mate it could be like a whole other podcast episode (laughs) all around vision how to get everyone aligned like I've been doing some great deep work in this space and I love it and strategy and alignment but I like being a person who asks lots of questions I can feel annoying not interrogation like an interrogator just almost like people are like well you should know or have the assumption that I'm like no I just need to ask questions because I don't always know and I don't want to assume and Mm -hmm. assumptions make an ass out of you and me yeah and so like I love being able to be in spaces asking questions but I had a coaching client once and she was like that was a lot of questions you just asked me it was like quick fire round of questions I'm like yeah but you get so much from it though you don't know until Mm. afterwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I find also when you're asked a question and you respond with the answer that's readily right there that's Mm. a very intuitive response right it's like instant yes yeah, so not necessarily time to think about your answer. Mm, what am I going to say? It's just there and go for it. Yeah. And sometimes you may change your mind two days later. You might be like, oh, I've actually kind of been able to sit with something more. Because sometimes your first answer could be well-practiced when mm. someone goes like, what does this mean for you? Or, you know, <laughs> what do you do for a living? Be like, and be like, wow, I really missed an opportunity to dive deeper. But every time you ask a question, I'm like, I've got something that's come straight away. And then I've got the but what's going to sound good? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's why I go, this is the thing that came up and then here's more. So yeah. it's so interesting to be conscious of what's going on. Absolutely. I went to ask you a question, but I'm actually going to lead. <laughs> so I'm going to say one thing that I believe to be a huge influence on true connection is our, our personal connections with our devices. And mm. so days off device when was the last time you had one of those <laughs> like a holder of a device yeah <laughs> yeah girl i don't think i have had a full 24 hours off a device i it's and when i'm with people uh, i'm a hard like get devices away mm-hmm. i have been with people where i have been like requested that devices aren't even in sight and it can be really confronting so, oh, like with my book club um, in-person gathering, oh, it was just, oh my God, it was beautiful. It was pretty much, you know, everyone coming around, like device was gone straight away. And, and I'm like, I don't see it till way later when it's like, let's get prepared for the week ahead. Mm. And that's it. But there's, or maybe like a photo, because my memory is potentially going to fade. I want some of these photos together. Mm. But otherwise, there's, there's no need for it. So for me, when I am with people, like right now, my phone is downstairs far away like I have no need for it 
I've organized my day. I know what I'm up to. And now I get to be so present with you. I don't need to think about anything else. And so, yeah, that's a whole day though. I haven't done it for man without devices at all. It's something that I strive to go, um, but I know that I am, I have a really good strength when it comes to being with people. Mm. Like the whole weekend, I'm like, oh, minimal phone time. Yeah. Which then people are like, are you doing okay? I haven't heard from you for a while. Like, what's going on? Like, oh, I'm living. I forgot about that thing. You know the one? Oh, and I didn't tell everyone that I'm going to not be on my phone. I'm going to be present. Yeah. <laughs> oh. How about you? Like, obviously, you've been bleeding the last week. Mm. Um, do you... Yeah, I'm just really curious around like when it, you're not in that space, when are you having space from devices? Yeah, so when I bleed, that is my time out of my inbox. And interesting enough, I'm saying this, but this last cycle, I was really energized. And so I was actually drawn to do, well, not do lots of work in my inbox, but more so work on a, a certain project. Mm. Um, but there was, I think now that I've been working with my cycle for a couple of years, I have this trust and this understanding that it doesn't matter for the next two, three days if I don't get back to people. Mm. And if if someone needs something urgently, they don't because <laughs> it's not that urgent. You know what I'm saying? Like the the trust in timing for me is everything and knowing that it doesn't have to be done right fucking now. Now, how does one get there? Now, that's like what I'm curious about because <laughs> yeah. there is such a false sense of urgency and we then otherwise catastrophize, right? Especially yeah. like people-pleasing tendencies or having an appeasing way of existing, you kind of always waiting like, is it, what's the person going to think of me if I don't do X, Y, Z? So I'd love to know from you, how do you ground yourself to being like, we're yeah. going to be okay. Totally. So first of all, the sense of acknowledgement that my mind wants to people please. Because it's not that that doesn't show up, it's it's like, oh, hello. Yeah, that doesn't actually need to be done right now. Like, I know that was that's what you want me to believe, but it's actually not true. Mm. And yeah, to put it, put it easily, really cycle mapping for me has been like the number one way for me to process work priorities because mm -hmm. it shows me where my energy is at in terms of winter like if we go through it really basically right now and we visualize a tree what sort of things does a tree show you like not a native tree from New Zealand and I'm sure at winter time yeah. uh, they're very bare like they've got no leaves Unless it's an evergreen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no leaves. Yeah. Usually mm. turning inwards. It's a really important time for hydration for trees mm. during winter. And dormant are usually the, the few things that people say in that space. And that's exactly the same for us as women when we're bleeding, that those days zero to seven. Yeah, and so like in that time for me is when I schedule my rest to understand that I need to literally rest my body and my mind because when it gets to summer, that's when I'm going to be down in my superwoman energy when I'm doing shit and getting, yeah, getting shit done. <laughs> yeah. 
actual and so yeah. the the transition there obviously moves from winter to spring and so what sort of energy changes or or visible changes to a tree come to mind starts coming to life new growth and man i really need to start looking at trees more um i think <laughs> so, <laughs> come to mind i'm like what else yeah. um, there's a lot of new bloom mm-hmm. is what i think about really i'm like i'm looking outside to the trees i'm like what's happening guys what yeah <laughs> yeah so exactly in spring you said that they bloom and i always associate spring with new like lambs obviously that's not a tree yes. but but that energy is like newness and so in this space is when i schedule like new cafes, new catch-ups with people maybe that I haven't seen for a while, new exercise routine. And as we transition out of the winter period, it's still really gentle with myself, like in particular, because I know my energy is still kind of low. I wouldn't go straight into doing a high intensity workout. It'd be like nice and progressive. And then, so let's transition. Oh, sound like a robot. (laughs) So <laughs> he did for a moment. So now nah, you're good now. So let's transition no into that. summer, Brie. <laughs> what are your feels in summer? Oh, oh mate. Like you said, high vibes, like always wanting to be outdoors, like and the trees, man. They are like here mm. for a good time, stand out, taking up all the beautiful space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and always facing towards the energy of that sun exactly so fully like solar powered right mm-hmm. during this time from 14 to 21 days and i'm saying roundabout like it's not specific yeah. you know what i'm saying everybody is so so different in terms of their cycle um so through that phase there is when i would schedule things like holding space for larger groups public speaking having one-to-one calls spending more time online like i can work more from my brain high intensity workouts fully different energy from the last two things we've talked about right yeah yeah but it's given you this contrast of how you can really start to review your own energy in association to the term work the term sex the term life like literally anything that you are doing in your life there's a reason that sometimes it feels like you're forcing because you probably are you know so yeah. last season <laughs> yeah. my favorite when the leaves fall yeah. and things are just like starting to get prepared for the winter time uh-huh. and to close up shop but I, I always find it such a magical period because there's enough like it's just energy and magic happening and it's just this like real beautiful slowness I love autumn too (sighs) for exactly those reasons and so autumn is when the leaves fall off the tree and we can follow that by saying it's full you know Mm. it's that time of reflection maybe within that seven days you start to dial back on your workout if you're someone that trains like quite often and you're I don't know you know you you do strength training then summer is the time to do your heavy lifting autumn's when you start dialing back Mm. and this is when i get into journaling i usually sauna i usually do yin yoga again a change in the movement that i'm giving my body because it's different 
Mm. No, we haven't even talked about hormones. We're simply talking about energy levels because it's so easy to associate with the tree. Yeah. And so just like that, we already have the four seasons. And from there, what I do, just to give you a little bit of a background, is on the first day of my bleed, I use my intuitive response because then the veil is the most thin. We're on, you know, we know our bodies when we're bleeding. If, if there's soreness coming up through your bleed, then there's a sign that there's, excuse me, there's things through your cycle that you've either been holding on to, emotional blocks, that sort of thing. <clears throat> However, yeah, using that bleed phase to map out your month ahead. So rather than it being that strategic mapping, it's like dropping into the body. Okay, what self-care do I need for my winter phase? Maybe it says like a bath, some cups of tea, a gentle walk by the beach. Oh, cool. Write that down on your piece of paper. And then you're like, what work tasks do I need to do in this time? Sometimes there's none. Maybe there's a creative project or paint or something that you would never have logically thought of, you know? So it's it's inviting the body to lead, essentially. To lead you in what you need from day to day. And of course, it's not always that streamline when you're first learning. And the, the, the first step, I think, for attuning to your cycle would be, yes, attuning to when you get it on an app. However, that's still relying on an external source to tell you what your body is doing. Mm. And so... I love to say that because taking the sense of reclamation back is like starting to to know what is happening to our own bodies yeah. and not waiting for something to pop up on our phone to tell us. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm feeling a bit sore and then being like, oh, that's right. I had an argument with my that person at work and I never spent time releasing it after, you know, yeah. because issues are stored in our tissues and as as empaths and oh wait 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 stop you're gonna say that again you're gonna say that one again issues are stored in our tissues yeah yeah that's one of my faves and especially as menstruating women like it shows us if we're really sore there's shit that needs to be cleared out of our mind out of our body and essentially out of our being yeah yeah coming back to that that paragraph from before there's a lot in that space you know it's not just us that we're bleeding for it's yeah. those who have walked before us and those who will walk after us or bleed after us. So in a nutshell, there we go. That's how you can cycle map easy as piss. Um, <laughs> easy as piss, just like that. But I think, yeah, one thing, the hardest point is taking the time. You know, mm. when you get your bleed to be like, okay, I actually need to sit down with myself here and just drop in. Maybe you need to do yoga first or meditation or whatever you need to do, you know, and, and really start to attune to the beauty of the body. We're frozen. <laughs> we must be breathing into that. <laughs> We're making that Wi-Fi cut out. <laughs> that was magic thank you for that journey like I love that so much and it's so interesting because when I was young I for years had no idea when my period was coming I was like 
always surprised. And I had people mm-hmm. in my mind who had very telltale signs, right? Like the pain would start coming and you're like, great, this is this is happening to me. And I'd be like going about my daily life and I'm like, fuck, all right, cool. Ew. And as I've gotten older, like it feels when I'm like going, oh man, it's been like 14, 15 years of having having a period, having a cycle. Um, and now I, there are some very significant signs like as soon as I realize I'm touching my boobs all the time I'm like okay great <laughs> like there's so much like fuller and I'm like yeah I'm always like well oh, man they feel real good <laughs> like that's gonna be here in a couple of days um and like literally a couple of days later like yeah. like sweet um and then just like starting to focus on like the acne and how I'm really st- like the the edge I am emotionally too I am like so much more I'm so conscious of how I start responding to things and it's just so beautiful to start watching all of that and not make any of it wrong but being conscious of it. and like you said like, I'd love to be able to start actually noting that down so much more because there's probably so many other things I'm missing and I and what I'm really taking away from what you've shared is the sauna stuff I don't get very sore a lot when I'm on when I'm when I'm bleeding but there have been times where sometimes I am so uncomfortable. Once I was like driving back with my parents and I was lying in the car the whole time and I was like, I feel so shit. And it was so interesting when you're talking about like, I, I haven't looked at what I stored in the body. I often go, what have I eaten or been drinking recently? Which I do feel like has an impact, mm. but there's probably so many other things that I've been storing without realizing I haven't released. And then that's just been exacerbated. So I'm really excited to go like, oh, cool. I'm going to look at that where my body is really saying, yo, there's stuff we can release here. Mm. Um, what has been showing up? so beautiful what an awesome reflection i just looked up on my wall and there's this huge leaf like about this massive and that brings me to the autumn phase and and that importance of that that really big sense of relief relaxation and making sure that you're prepped up for when you actually go into your cycle do you know what i'm saying and like even preparing food making your life easier for when you're actually bleeding because you don't want to be doing those extra tasks you know you literally want to make it as easy on yourself as you can and like if you have the flexibility having the first day off to do whatever you want if that's literally lay in bed even if you're not sleeping fine like that is balance baby when you can make those decisions based off what your body needs Mm. yeah and this is where i sit and i just am gutted for for people who bleed and they aren't necessarily in as privileged position right like it may be living more of a survival mode or don't Mm. have organizations that really support prioritizing their body and how they live and having that flexibility and it's kind of like how how might we still be able to cultivate what we can Mm. while recognizing the environmental and external barriers and obstacles there may be mm, definitely yeah i think back to when i worked in an organization it was still an office with many many women mm. um however yeah totally different from now and i think one you can't always be open with people eh? you know like depending on what your workplace is like there can be varying degrees yeah but i think places like 
as long as you're aware of it and you set yourself up well outside of work even you can still move yourself through the motions of self-care it just comes back to that sense of prioritization yeah i love Uh, that yeah and it's like choosing self which is already hard enough (laughs) it is a priority for me for me not someone else and being able to ask or like say like you said say no ask for what you need ask for support ask for space mm-hmm. you know and not feeling like you have to feel guilty for that um but oh like I literally the question that came up just before in my mind is what has been the biggest shift that you've seen ever since you started cycle mapping oh and my god someone asked me this yesterday and I feel like my answer now is different from you <laughs> from yesterday oh, that's good, right it can change yeah so my <laughs> answer today is bad bitch boundaries <laughs> that is that is mainly around two words and two associations around yes and around no Mm. because the body knows what it wants and when you give it time and space to ask do i want to do this it'll tell you if you want to do it or not or if you're just working off the mind and that people pleasing aspect right and i think that for me has helped with my like with cycle mapping but also not committing to so much stuff that I yeah I would love to be a part of but actually I don't want to be there for it yeah I've got other priorities you know so that for me is the biggest epic I love that because I think sometimes we people are like oh you know nice like connect yourself that's lovely but being able to be like this is actually the power of learning to trust in yourself and your body and really acknowledge its existence and living life through your own journey like that being able to say like say yes or no it sounds so simple it's huge it's so so simple but the other thing that i noticed when i started literally practicing my yeses and no's how many places i was overstepping my nose those really slight um subtle signs that the body gives you of like you know butterflies we've all had those before (laughs) but even more subtle than that you know like oh i'm not so sure about this Mm. and sometimes that can be a good thing sometimes it can be a nervous thing but honestly in so many places many relationships surrounding um surrounding sex surrounding money surrounding um like people coming to my house even like so many places that you just you would never realize that you had just been acting or or moving through life on a program that isn't really what you want but the beautiful thing with this especially right this is one of the modules in leading ladies and I love it so much because when you upgrade your boundaries your external world shifts to meet you in that space right and so it's challenging in the beginning to start setting those boundaries and then when you do you're met at these new levels and it's like oh game changer (laughs) oh I'm so oh, and, and I think it's just like just start with one boundary yeah. you know you to do them all at once just starting with one because it it's one of those things like habit building and practicing because it will feel terrifying and it mm-hmm. can be so uncomfortable and just sticking to it and then the thing that feels terrifying is the story you've created in your mind about what's going to happen 
because all mm-hmm. you're doing is otherwise communicating. Definitely. Okay. But we're just responding to what we think is potential. We're so good at it. We're always just like, this is what might happen. So thus I'm going to interact with the situation like this thing's happened. Yeah. And like, I'm literally saying no. Or I'm saying yes. And that's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And a question for you. What is a body sign? Actually, let's do it. So... Mm. Let's close our eyes. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes, but you can still <laughs> you can still call forth. So as you breathe into your body, gently feel the belly expand and invite in the sensation of no. Body, please show me what a no feels like. And you may notice a slight change or a significant change. I would love to know from you, Brie, what you feel in this space. Mm. I, when I feel a no, there's like a weight in my belly. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that comes up. It's just this like intensity of energy sitting there. And on the exhale, gently coming back into a neutral space. And with the inhale, inviting in the sensation and feeling of yes. Body, please show me what a yes feels like. And Brie, I'd love to hear from you if anything wants to make itself known as a yes. Yeah, it's, I'm going to work on describing it. It's like this, um, this light that kind of came from the belly area and it like, and it moves up my body. It's just kind of like this, this energy that's like I don't know let's just imagine like confetti right like a, this confetti feeling that just expands upwards and out of my chest beautiful and with you exhale coming back into a neutral space letting go of the yes in your body So for me, this is one beautiful practice I love to do with clients, people in workshops, even in workplaces, because I think it's really important for us as individuals to identify what yes and no feel like and to acknowledge the difference there. Mm. You're really welcome to open your eyes and back if you're listening great time to write down anything that came to mind through your yes or your no Mm. so simple so beautiful and i i really am inviting myself to bring that back into the work place i have a colleague of mine he's very good I like I really appreciate his boundary setting when he's like 
no yes what i'd love is for us all to stop especially when it comes to taking on new clients or something and a lot of decisions get made from the balance sheet or scarcity or the mind which i feel there's a great place not scarcity necessarily but for understanding what's happening in a business but being able to go let's take a moment and actually feel into the decision we're about to make and see where it sits because we have a great filter system of is someone value aligned but actually are they body aligned would be magic or even when we're asking each other to do work to be able to like stop and go or what comes up yeah mm-hmm. wow what mm-hmm. is your vision within that space in terms of communication connection and culture and being able to be like so when i think about all of that and the companies i work with of being able to slow down for a moment <laughs> to be in like you're saying with the focus on body-based business with being a like come back and trust in self and everything I feel is, is such a flow and I love the value of the masculine and feminine energies and being related to bodies and it's um something I've been playing with lately is where I want to move to at about like a year's time and how I want to be working with businesses and it's all very much learnt from the experiences I've had for like the last 10 years and I love working with small businesses and I love businesses really focusing on building the impact that they have in the world and what I have found sometimes being missing is being able to integrate somatic practices into your workplace because there's a lot of anxiety that comes up particularly being a small business or in leadership teams where they're you're just kind of waiting for something to be bad and then and then coming from that mindset and this uh, which will be scarcity and this feeling of anxiety in the body and when you're talking about earlier just you know imagine what it would be like to have breathing practices in the organization going oh we've got uh, feelings of anxiety let's stop and like feel into this and all ha- and let all have the tools mm. and also I think about pleasure and play I feel mm. that so powerful to be able to be fun and then mindset work too and I like the vision I have for the work I get to do with companies is go on like year-long journeys with leadership teams it could be the whole business if it's a smaller business so that everyone is connected to well where, where is this business going people are so aligned to the right people in the right seats of the business so everything has such alignment and so from a very strategic and like more masculine sense that's all there like yes mm-hmm. we're grounded you know we're going we've got the right people we're making hard decisions and it's about the business and then on the people element is you're really cultivating that space for connection and vulnerability and leaving the ego at the door and having to sometimes have hard conversations while also being coached and moving through consistently and everyone not just like one person i find often it's like one person who's interested in it so they'll be here and they'll 
try bring it in the workplace and depending on your environment it might be received well or you might be looked at woo as a woo person you know and so I'm like if there's actually if people really care about their business and their people then you would integrate what it means to have these different practices so yeah for me it's connection to self each other and having this embodied in businesses oh my gosh it's so beautiful to hear your vision and I feel so lit up by hearing that because mine is so incredibly similar and I think a question that has been permeating through my mind is like where do you begin with something like that in terms of businesses and so so moving forward I have been speaking to some businesses on the west coast and wanting to start with one or two managers or leaders from different businesses and coming together as a collective to create this Mm. energy of like we're here to prioritize our people you know productivity is great it's really awesome profits great but what about our people we know now COVID Mm. times that people are everything and I think if anything is brought to light highlighted that woo woo is actually not as woo woo as we once thought it's really about health right yeah and I am so I get I'm really charged by the word when people (laughs) chuck out woo and I'm like I said it before and I'm like I still like people get where I'm coming from with it but I still don't like it because it shows that people still have a weird connection to to woo and I'm like it's just it's just energy and being and existence for me and so coming back to what you were sharing there in regards to the masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. I love that you've brought this up because there is so much importance in having those in balance, right? Having that sense of structure, that strategic plan, but then also having that malleability or, you know, sense of importance with the people within that structure. That essentially is the way we want the world to be, right? (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, always open to... Yeah, answering questions. A feminine and masculine energy is something that you're not familiar with. Even Google it. Like, honestly, there's so much info in so many places. But game changer, right? When you started to learn about those energetics, what shifted for you, Brie? Oh, the first time I um, was introduced to it was when I did what, like my first one-to-one coaching experience four years ago. And I was like, what the hell is this? Because I instantly put them into the binary that we have created in our society of like man and woman right and I was like resisted it hard because I was like I don't like the binary already and and then it was okay let's get what this actually means and how we have actually pushed and aligned it to to gender um Mm. and so for me it was being able I just loved being able to look at actually where I kind of felt stuff where I was really leaning I was look at that look at that Go next. Oh my god. Let's <laughs> husk. I finished my tea and now I'm onto the husk. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't you love that there's this like journey in the cow? Yes. <laughs> and so for me, I was like real, probably like in my feminine a lot a few years ago, and I've gotten quite moved into a lot of masculinity, you know, so much more structured. I was always kind of a little bit all over the place I still am in my own way I'm still a nice chaotic energy which I do enjoy and more flow but there's so much more structure and I've when I did four years ago when I, uh, one of my values that came up was efficiency and I thought it was the weirdest value I was like why would anyone's value be efficiency 
and I see why it, I'm not always a very efficient person, but boy, do I love efficient and effective systems because they're efficacious because I see the, the value of like, let's not overthink things. Let's just do things and streamline things and allow ourselves to have more time. And that's what I love about when you have this integration of, of a masculine and feminine energy, there can be really good structure and boundaries, which allows for flow. So when I meet people who are like, I don't do things in calendars, I'm like, do you ever feel like maybe you get anxious because you're kind of concerned you might triple book yourself or you don't really know what's about to go on. So when you're with someone, you might be not sure what's happening next. I'm like, this is where I feel like boundaries and structures helpful and direct. Not that you have to be too, an attachment to masculinity is like, this is results and we have to get to there. Um, while you, like, like you said, in flow. So what shifted for me has been how I interact with with the companies I work with, which is like, let's actually sit down because I'm feeling the chaos of not having structure. Mm. I have some systems, but we don't actually know where we're going. You may think mm-hmm. we do, you've created a vision, love it, awesome. But how are we, getting, like, what are we actually doing? What are we putting into action? Mm. And how are we being in flow in that? Because it might change and that's what reflection's good for. But if we're all like we're heading this way, but we're all not sure how we're doing it or we're moving together as a team, then everyone's just doing stuff that they hope is going to help, but they're not really sure and no one's focusing on if it's making a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm seeing the value of what this actually means to go, we have a vision, we've got a strategic plan in place, we know what we're doing on a quarterly basis, on a weekly basis, and it's not like it all has to be done at once or an attachment to all the results, but we get to learn on this journey and then we get to play and then we get to be like, oh, we've got the boundaries. So that means we actually know what we're focusing on. Uh-huh. And if we're uh-huh. suddenly focusing on too much, we can switch some of those off to get more refined. Otherwise it all feels important and then it feels overwhelming. And that's when the chaotic energy really thrives. Uh-huh. And you have a flow because you just feel like you're running like a headless trip. Mm. And I love what you said at the beginning of that in regards to gender and mm. removing that from it. So when we're speaking about masculine, we're not necessarily talking about men, you know. One, one, um, and same with feminine, we're not talking about females, we're not talking about like women in particular, we're talking about the energetics behind mm. that, right? And one visualization that comes to mind for me is like a plug you know how there's like a plug that has like the prongs that are pointing out oh, and then there's the plug yeah. that receives. I was and totally then, thinking about the bathtub plug and I was like, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, got like, it. Yes, <laughs> For me, this is like a physical representation of energy, right? And the, the plug one for me is what you're talking about there in terms of the masculine. It sets the structure of this space. I've got mm. my three fingers pointing. I know, it's I actually it. that way, eh? <laughs> It sets a structure, you know, obviously it's firmly like this. Mm. But also, if we allow the other side to be the feminine, that's the receivership space. And that's the trusting that what, what is being given is the, the right, you know, it, it's it's exactly what it needs to be. There's no wrong or right. So that word was incorrect. <laughs> or is gone. But but you know what I'm saying there? So I think like as a, as a very first, if this is a real new concept for you, that for me was the first thing that I sort of started to conceptualize when I was learning about it as well. Okay. And I think, yeah, I think that's really helpful to demystify that it's not about gender, that we we mm. all 
have these energetics moving through us and around us and and that both are so important and I feel like we do live in a world that really uh, it really rewards one more than the other like I love seeing the uprising of the of the feminine mm. energy um that and our world still does kind of reward that more like masculine energy I was listening to a really interesting podcast today about narcissism and it was talking about that as well um I'm a narcissist, really. So, and you've just uttered, you can take all, all my stuff out and we'll just focus on exactly what you said because that was beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I, I think that's a good point, actually. Maybe even if we share some examples around what, you know, you talked about there about strategic plan and that being the masculine. Mm. Are there any other things as examples that kind of come through for you as masculine, um, not archetypes, but like, energies or examples even mm. i'm also keen to hear from you as well because that might prompt my own thinking so my first thought as soon as you said that was like bing <laughs> was like a certificate for achievement achievement Ooh. of doesn't really necessarily matter what you do but it's the doing aspect and being rewarded for the do do mm. you know <laughs> <laughs> The, the doing and the, the actual, yes, the physical doing of something, but also like, oh, I better not dive into that. I was going to say, you know, you can overdo something, which then brings us into the shadow space. But that, I think that, that's... It's around two guys. Hold on for more. <laughs> Holy. Oh my God. So yeah, good. so that, they would be my two examples, yeah. I reckon. Like certificate of achievement and... I want to say the old paradigm of success. You know, you have to do more to to achieve more and succeed more. Yeah. For me, that's bullshit now. Success can be found in anything, but like that is the kind of package that I would explain masculine in, I think. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And that's probably shadow and light, to be honest, and what I just shared there. Mm-hmm. I'm curious around like what was yeah the the shadow and light parts of that Mm. the the shadow for me is the doing and the way I explain success Mm. because to me success can be in that doing as well like we do need the action point to get shit done yeah you know what I'm saying but I think the way I said that then was almost as though it was a bad thing yeah got it I just wanted to like love that I wasn't being yeah yeah, not making it wrong. You're yeah. just like, I love that, like catching yourself. Yeah. I'm like, yesterday. hang on. <laughs> What's so interesting as well with, with us, which well, I'm in my like, I'm in my own zone. So I see a lot of people around me getting way more into like feminine energy and, and being on their journey. I like, love it. And it's so funny because I've been, went from more feminine to more masculine energy leaning and now creating space for both and seeing mm-hmm. how it's impacted my own spirituality and, and journey. But I find it's like a pendulum right it's so interesting when we do we do get really black and white we're like no but doing's bad so we should mm. be in being and i'm like both of them are so important like yeah being is being in existence and we're allowed to and and being able to come back of like yeah who are we being and that will then have ripple effects on how we then show up and take mm. action but like you said action is shifts the needle mm. you know so being like that's the being and the connection and 
you know, being able to look at who are we being possible as. Mm. We change that, but we often get attached to our identity, which is a whole other thing. Um, so we think that we're always being this one person, like we get to create that. But then we get to so do. And action's important. And it's not being attached to the results. It's just being in inaction. And that's powerful instead of being like, the results is what I see. I love results. I feel like I can provide a direction, but without being attached to like, it has to come out that way. Yes, absolutely. The journey, right? I love to explain that as enjoying your journey. So it's not just about when you receive that end result, whether it's at work or in life, whatever. It's not about when you get the certificate. It's like enjoying the whole process, the unraveling. If you can stay centered in the being and the enjoyment of that, then when you get to the end, it's not like, oh, cool for five minutes. And then like, oh, you know. Because that's what we're trying to find our worth, right? We're like, oh, we finally got this thing and that's showing I'm worthy. You're like, cool, Mm. this is an addition to everything that I experienced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We got this result. We're still going to celebrate because hell yeah, the journey was worth it and that was its own experience so it's yeah i feel and i just love coming back i love i'm just excited actually next time to talk <laughs> more about light and you know because i am like well i could look more into that in how i am seeing things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. i've had this realization of why i've been working my strategic plan in the last wee while because my feminine is aching for support And I'm speaking in a feminine. I've got these beautiful visions and dreams and things that I want to do. But without an action plan, like you said, without a strategy, fucking nothing's going to get done. It's going to be in that dreamy space, which is beautiful and it feels so good. But Mm -hmm. like actually to make progress, we've got to have grounded action. And when I'm working with clients, when it comes to homework, I call it aligned action because it's not about just forcing yourself into it. This morning, I had stuff that I wanted to do, but instead I spent like two hours in ceremony with my business. I'm like breathing and like moving and dancing and like, and then making some action that took like 15 minutes of doing instead of yeah. just being like, I've got to do it, you know? Yeah. And so that for me, I love sharing this because it brings to like how important it is for us to bring it through our bodies mm-hmm. and then take that aligned action instead of feeling like you've got to, I have to do it. I, you know, I've got to. That sort of, it feels heavy when we look at things like that. Yeah. I love that so much. And and then the other part of it too is being able to have people on the journey with you because it can feel so lonely and it's so, I've got so many beautiful people like yourself in my life who have your like businesses and ventures and it can be like, I'm going to do it by myself or like who else is going to create space with me? Like at least I'm, I'm an organization, so I have the people there. Um, but like once you have a plan and you might, I love what you said though, like really being in your feminine flow. And then it was kind of like, let's now, you know, get it almost excited for the action that I can take. And it doesn't actually take that long because you're not in your mind overthinking all the action. You're just now like, oh, I feel the energy I'm doing it. Um, and let's get let's get done fabulous but like how do we also get to do that with others mm. because and like how powerful is that even if it's just you know if, even if it's virtually like this beautiful co-working vibe of let's all feel into our feminine and let's just now take action mm. and then begin that journey with each other because there's something about that sharedness and again connection um which is which is powerful. Some people love to do things by themselves. Perfect. I'm not, mm. you know, you don't have to do this, but there's, you know, so many of us are like, I just kind of want to share a journey with someone. Definitely. And just, yeah. But man, I'm going to take 
I'm gonna take that one. Could be like, where? Why not eating, guys? I'm just actually, I need to be in in flow and movement. I'll be with you later. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll be I'm back. Just- <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. So, <laughs> so good. So the the label for I called it all today was labeled as seduction, slowness, and success. And I feel like we have started to speak a little about the success component. Mm-hmm. The, the unraveling of that patriarchal system of success and starting to, de- I mean, reconstruct it for what we want it to be. And so what does success feel like for you? Oh, I love that question. And feel like for me, wow, that's a very different question because normally it's like, what does success look like for you? What does it feel like for me? <sighs> it feels like money in my pockets now. Um, <laughs> I'm here to receive money, energy exchange. Oh shit, I feel like I've been throwing a curveball. Um let me feel into that. What does money not money success feel to me? Honestly, like joy, right? For me it's waking up and being and, and being and then every space I enter. Like I am I feel that I am living a successful life. Can I increase that in other ways of success and how success can be measured? Absolutely. But I am living such a successful life because I know there are things that I get to work on and I know that I am always, I'm aligned to my values and I am living to them and I am in connection with beautiful people and I am realizing where maybe I am potentially chasing ideas of success that aren't in alignment and then being able to let go of that and so I feel my life is successful because I am living Mm. and so that's yeah success for me is is feeling that presence and that joy and everything that it means to be alive (sighs) beautiful human beautiful human what does it look like to incorporate slowness into your day uh i it's i'm coming up with a lot right now one of which is almost a a feeling of shame that i don't have it like of this i don't have enough slowness in my days at the moment um or spaciousness and i'm like now i feel like Broad for speaking about slowness in my day but for me one of the core parts of slowness is my morning and I can really feel the impact of when I haven't created the morning that I really need for myself and you were sharing earlier and it's like that the impact for the rest of the day so for me that is meditation and journaling and reflection on everything from the day before like I love looking at gratitude and what I have I'm letting go of to be really present in today. And so slowness is that. And slowness is slowing down in my speaking. And it's being able to do breath as well. And just one of my favorite things of slowness is when I am walking and I just kind of like stop. And then I just turn around and I'm just looking at what is around me and I get so excited 
And I am like, I am so present to what this is right now. And I could be talking to people and it could be just stopping and like really looking at who's in this room and be like, wow. So for me, like those rural moments of slowness and then on a macro level, it's about being able to put in time for spaciousness of being like, let us just let this be whatever it is and really intentional slowness. Mm. You're right. And thank you so much for sharing what was arising within. And Yeah, I, I feel like it's important to share that. And yeah, as some external perspective, everyone I feel can deal or do with a little more slowness. Mm. <laughs> How slow can we go? How slow can we go? <laughs> Because the world wants us to be fast, eh? Like yes. It wants us to be looking here. It wants us to be doing all of that. And so, yeah, you're so right. There's always room for expansion and the, the slowness of life. Mm. So one final question. Okay. How does the sense of seduction show up for you? Oh, is that, do you have like any direction you want this answer to go or is it just Not fully? <laughs> it's fully open. Fully open. <laughs> oh. When I feel into the word seduction, I really feel into the word pleasure. Um, and one of my reflections in the evening is how have I cultivated or felt like where have I felt pleasure and joy today so I always like to be like where did I really feel it and it's being able to be brought back to all of those moments mm -hmm. and I try to focus on being as present to the pleasure of moments as possible and that's like that you know being able to look at things and being slow um but seduction honestly it's <laughs> laughing at myself um it, even when I'm like putting on my clothes, that feeling of seduction. I was like, oh my god, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. It was so beautiful. When we were talking about sedu like seducing ourselves mm. and um, and sensuality mm. and like, like the seduction of like putting on clothes that feel mm. nice or looking at myself or when I'm choosing my coffee or what I'm gonna eat and like all those little things that's like that's going to be pleasurable for me in this moment and I get to be in seduction with myself and love myself and it's really divine or even how there may be a connection with someone else and I am a physical touch person so in a when I get to be with people seduction looks like and feels like and pleasure feels like being present with the feeling and it not having to be a sexual thing because I mean they can to relate they don't have a Venn diagram um and it's just being able to be like wow this is so beautiful like I just get to be loved and touched and it can be from myself or from someone else and I can invite that in and welcome it so that is what yeah seduction and pleasure feels like I love that and the more you attune to that throughout the day as well the more amplified it gets right mm. and putting on clothes yes Yes, everything. <laughs> the, I don't wear pajamas to bed, so in yeah. the evening it's like 
being in like getting into the shapes nothing like a clean pair of shapes um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like and then like rubbing my like hands over my body and being like oh i just mm. really love all myself right now and even just like the heart the hand on heart a lot and i'm like yeah those things mm. absolutely <sighs> even yeah even conversations around these topics are in my eyes paving a new way yeah paving the paradigm of personal potential and our prioritization of of pleasure and play and how important that is every fucking day right like it is so important every day to not lose that as an an adult child <laughs> an adult like i got home the other night and jake was like let's play a game <laughs> he put we put like names of because we're from the same hometown names of people that we we it's like a name game anyway <laughs> like taking guesses and it started off i was like this is so ridiculous and then by the end of it i was like oh this is so fun like and so games are so enjoyable when we invest in them no matter how small, how big. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. But we can be so significant about things. And we, okay, I'm saying we can. I can be really significant about things and I can be so serious about things. That's why I need to play. Sorry. Because there is that part of me I love that, like that. And I love dancing. And that really brings out play for me. Or like Leash, my sister, um, recently posted on her Instagram just really great ways of, in a relationship with others. How are you cultivating these? things right like it's like non-sexual ways of being being in connection with someone and I'm like I love playing I love wrestle and being a bit of a frustrating human and it's just like and like you said and what I like is that you leant into it like even though at the beginning you were kind of resisting this and be like this is whatever I was like Uh, fine this is me I was like okay let's play and I was like ha he's never gonna guess this one (laughs) (laughs) did he well, I I think I got more excited once I'd already guessed mine, and then I I love it. Like, <laughs> being able to like actually create that space and be able to accept whatever someone's going to respond like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man, oh man, this has just been so magic. I love all the questions <sighs> asked and the journey this has been. I feel so grateful for you. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would love to share as a final final word word from you, Bray? Hmm. Bree cheese. Bree cheese. <laughs> Not shout like the Bree. I will tell people off for that. Yeah. Uh, oh shit. That's a really big oh, what what would I want to leave people with? You have something to offer. If that, that's every person has something to offer and you don't need to look outside of yourself just actually see how you show up and create space for yourself to continue showing up in a way that's so authentically you because it's so worthy and the world needs it and I hear people saying this and it's now taking time for me to actually get it like yes how you do things and how you exist and who you are being is exactly what the world needs so please continue existing in that way oh my gosh thank you so much for sharing thank you so much for being here for applying presence and your potent potential through pleasure and play 
I cannot wait to speak with you again on all things magic and, yeah. and mundane. All of the magic and mundane things, right? What a great next bloody episode <laughs> name. Magic and mundane. All worthy. There we oh, go. Man. Love. <laughs> thank you so much for being. Just, yeah, thank you for being you. Like, oh. honestly, you are phenomenal. And I just love what you bring to the world. And how you allow yourself to follow and flow with what comes up for you. You know, like, this is the only thing I'm allowed to focus on or be. <laughs> You're like, great. I'm going to lean into this and this and this. And I'm like, that's what it is to live life in my eyes. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Refusing to choose. <laughs> it's okay to be indecisive. It's just a opposite. You don't have to make decisions. <laughs> thank you very much for tuning in today to listen to truly listen to the words that are being manifested through my mouth if you enjoyed the information that was shared words of wisdom or any gold nuggets throughout the session then please let me know. I love to hear what landed in your body and in your being. You are welcome to send me a private message on Instagram at holdacoaching or email me holdacoaching at gmail.com. Stay wild and talk to you real soon.